Welcome to Two Gals and a uh, Glass Half Full. Always got to make sure I say that right. Um, <laughs> I've said it wrong before. Um, but we are back and we are here in the month of May talking about mental health. And last week we got an awesome interview with Erin, a mental health counselor. And I just found that was so, so helpful and so such a great conversation. Um, so we want to continue that conversation. But First, Dr. Jess, what do you have in your cup today? Well, Dr. Bobby, it is not super hot today in May in Florida. There's like a chill. It's like 65, (laughs) (laughs) you know, first thing in the morning that is. Um, So anyway, I've got a pomegranate white tea. So that way it wasn't like needing a bunch of caffeine. However, um, trying to stay hydrated, but a little bit of warmth, a little bit of sweet. Um, so anyway, that's what's in my glass. That sounds really, really good. Yeah. Good at Trader Joe's. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Favorite spot. I need to start drinking more tea. I got to work on it. I really yeah. want to like it. It's there's, I'm not big on, I don't love like some of the herbal teas, but then some of the dark teas don't really settle well in my stomach. So I've kind of like a in between it's got to, it can't be too light, but not too dark kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I had a patient give me something called medicine ball from Starbucks and it's like tea with like mint huh. or something. It was, it's so good and I love it. And I'm not a big tea huh. drinker. Nice. Yeah, so that's fantastic. If you're ever at Starbucks medicine ball. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so Dr. Bobby, what's in your glass? I am having some kombucha, just some gingerberry kombucha. kombucha. Yes. It's, I love it. It's so good. It's kind of my afternoon drink that I try to have. So I love um, it. I love it. Very cool. Well, as everybody knows, we are in the month of May, which in the national narrative is mental health awareness month. And we are trying to continue in with that narrative and have conversations regarding more of like that mental well-being plus just awareness of mental health in general. And what can we do um, to help ourselves be more aware, but then also be more aware with other people in our lives. So just kind of like that mindfulness of being in this subject and figuring out where do we fit in, but then where do we fit in in the greater spectrum of interpersonal relationships and within societal um, uh, roles that we have. So where we're gonna start today is maybe Bobby, Dr. Bobby and I can talk about where we struggle. And that way it's something that is, is um, relatable to everybody because we have our own struggles and then and we work with individuals on a day-to-day basis that also have struggles. And so we can talk a little bit about what we do to try and be mindful in that situation and, and helpful. Um, so Dr. Bobby, currently, what are some of your struggles as far as your overall mental well-being? Um, I, think, I think for me is um, right now is having so many goals. And having so many things I want to do and I want to be successful at and struggling with the fact that you can't do it all. Um, I think that is big and that um, as I try, you know, every, there's so many people say, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you keep up. I don't know how you do all this. And there's a part of me that's like, well, I just kind of got to, but then at the same part at time, it makes me think, well, Am I doing too much? Am I trying to do too much? Like, would I be happier if I kind of slowed down, if it took a little bit longer, but there's that whole mental battlefield of like, 
being strong versus getting it done versus taking that time for yourself. Um, and it's kind of like hard to kind of like decipher all of those things that are going on in your head. Mm -hmm. Um, which ones are real, which ones are true feelings, which ones are me telling myself I should, I should, I should, instead of this is what I really need. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, I think what I need, right? So I think that's kind of what Aaron was touching on last week is figuring out what our needs are, which is actually harder than you would think. Cause I mean, that's cause I do this in our financial health in our household, right? What are our wants? What are our needs? And really being honest about that because um, they're, they're <laughs> not the our same. wants are actually they're, like we categorize yeah. them. As- <laughs> yeah, but they're really wants. So like, it's something that we like, it's helped our financial health in our household. But then kind of delving separating that out into our mental health awareness, I think is really important. Because sometimes I think it the opposite is true for mental health for what we do with our finances. It's very easy to make something seem a need because it's like a because it's a real want and then we end up spending too much on things. Yes. But then when it comes to mental health, things that our true needs, we perceive as wants. And then we don't give them the effort and time, at least I don't, um, until I actually sit down and delve into it to give it the time and energy that it truly does deserve. I don't know if you feel the same. Well, as I was gonna say, and I think another thing like, so that was, that's a great comparison is the financial yeah. versus like that mental health and financial. Yeah. It's easy for me because I only have so much income. You know what I mean? Like you have this, you have this number and you got to figure it out. And that number, I mean, it can change, but it does, you know, for the most part, once you, it doesn't change. Whereas your mental health, you're like, oh, I could just squeeze this in here. I could squeeze this in here. Like you're always finding ways like that time is not as tangible as the income. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't, it definitely doesn't feel as tangible. And I think that's what makes a a larger difference. Um, But I think there's ways that we can make it feel more tangible, right? So that's like, like one of my strategies is I say it out loud. And then for me, as soon as I say something out loud, then it's like, it's almost like, I, like I'm not a big journaler. That's, it doesn't, that doesn't work well for me. Mm-hmm. But like, as I, as I go through that process, now it's almost like, well, now that it's out there, uh-oh, <laughs> now we're going to have to figure this out versus if I don't say it out loud and it kind of holds in and then I don't give the attention and it kind of stays out here and this like it's constantly kind of coming at you but you're you're trying to like put up your blinders like if I don't say it if I don't look at it it's not there but it is there and um <laughs> it's just I also think there's some, not good coping like, right no I think there's I'm like free because how many times, at least for me, and I won't speak for you, but how many times yeah. am I frustrated about something, mad about something, worked up about something? And if I just have that conversation, if I, or like for you, I remember in grad school, how many times I just like be bawling, like, I can't do it anymore, Jess. And yeah. like the next morning, I wake up feeling great because I just finally right. like let everything you go. You let it out. Right. Yes. Exactly. And like yeah. all of a sudden someone knows that I'm not okay. Or someone knows right. that I'm struggling and I don't even want to say not okay, but someone knows I'm struggling with something like exactly. it isn't perfect. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. So no, I think, I think those are all um, very um, real, like very real things that are going on. And I think I'm probably in a very similar place where it's like, mm-hmm. you've got all of these 
So we have these goals because we're at this point in our life where it's like, you know, we're not at retirement age, you know, we're in this, like, we're actively working on trying to achieve, you know, um, success within your career, which whatever that might be, but then in your life too, like we've got all these like personal goals in our life where we want to be financial goals in our life where we want to be, and then, and strategies to get all of that done while still staying present in the moment <laughs> that like, how do you just bad. enjoy like- that? Yeah. Right yeah. now it's all such good stuff, but it's it still is. It's much. a lot. It's a lot. Right. You know, yeah, like yeah. it's a lot of great things going on. So it's not like bad stuff's going on and I'm feeling no. over. It's like great stuff. Right. Um, yeah. So no, how about you? Yeah, I think I think it's yeah, like I said, it's very similar of um that constant um, you know, especially like so, you know, being a parent, it's like every new with being a parent, like every, like, you know, I've never had a child this age before because they're my oldest. Right. So it's like mm-hmm. every new step in that you're constantly wanting to make sure, like, am I doing everything right? Am I making sure I'm setting them up for success, but not being a helicopter parent and not letting them have their own struggles and go work through those struggles, but have, you know, just making sure that we're creating this well-rounded environment. So they, they have the space to grow into it. Um, again, creating boundaries, but not helicopter, you know, so it's like constantly working on this, but I've never done this before. Right. Like you're just learning as you go, um, at the same time of trying to, um, you know, sustain a marriage, right. And make sure that we're constantly growing together in a marriage, which is that takes, it's not people say marriage takes work. Um, of course it does, but it's, it's mindfulness of like, how can I be present in the day, but then still make sure that the two of us are growing together, but then work-wise making sure that I'm present and aware with my patients, but then also, um, able to cut that off too, and let that go. So it's like each of these roles, I'm constantly having to like, kind of turn it on, turn it off, turn it on, turn it off, like walk into work. And I'm, I have to like turn off mom mode. Um, and turn on work mode because my brain is completely different in the two, but then turn off work mode when I get home and not, you know, be present to a spouse, but then to, to kids, right. It's two different types of presence. Does that make sense? And then you've got friends and then you've got other family and, you know, it's, you know, it's just trying, like, I think that's my constant, like constant struggle is making sure that I'm aware of where I am and present to be receptive, um, but then to give in an appropriate manner so that it's a meaningful engagement. And so that's like, it's been like something I'm like actively, especially like with bringing, like I really, really made it a goal when I first brought our youngest or our oldest into the world of like, this is a major goal of mine because I have a tendency to get super work focused. (laughs) I'm really good at (laughs) task completion and, you know, like making sure it gets done and, you know, pushing our goals forward. And and that's like something that I can get, I can, you know, get a little bit too intense into that. And then, and I don't, I wouldn't shut it off as much as my husband would be like, Hey, are you home? Are Hey, I'm (laughs) in front of you. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. Did you say something? (laughs) I'm sorry. And it's also like turning off that guilt of like, like actually yeah. being able to enjoy that time and not be thinking about the thousand things you should be doing, or you, exactly, I should re- yep. rephrase that as you feel or you think you should be right. doing, right. um, you know, instead yeah. of that, 
for sure yeah because then the guilt just turns into this like self-defeating mind talk right of like well you know you're not good enough here you're not good enough there whatever it might be and so some strategies that I've been implementing and trying to implement and constantly working on implementing are triaging the situation right so I'm going to um, one, well, one, I have to work on my transitions. So, mm-hmm. you know, once I do kiddo drop off, then I'm driving to work. And actually, I don't actually listen to the radio at all. Right. I don't, I don't, I just, what I'm doing is I, I've, when I'm driving them to school or, you know, drop off, you know, my conversation is towards them of like, like, what are you looking forward to in your day? And, you know, all that, you know, what to expect and who's going to do pickup and, you know, just kind of preparing them for the day and all that. Mm-hmm. So then once that's done, then I turn that off and I'm like, okay, then I'm like, mentally, I prepare my day. I think, okay, so I'm going to come in. Who's the, you know, who's the staff I'm expecting to see? What's the first patient? Do I have meetings through lunch? And I'm just kind of mentally walking myself through my day so that I'm not walking into like, oh, let's see what it is, you know? <laughs> so then right. when I come in the door, I'm making sure that I'm seeing everybody I should supposed, I'm supposed to be seeing, you know, I should be called <laughs> out, you know, like what's going on, oh, you know, that kind of stuff. So I'm like, my full checklist of like, I need to say morning to X, Y, and Z, make sure that we're going, that we're set up for the day. My first patient, what are my meetings at lunch? End of the day. So then I check, I double check the schedule. Sure enough, it matches what I thought it was or no, (laughs) it doesn't match. What kind of modifications do we need to make? And then I've essentially like kind of seeing it all the way through at the beginning of my day now helps me know what to expect it doesn't feel like something's just mm-hmm. happening that I don't know. And so that helps me to like kind of get through that day and be more present in the moment because I kind of know what to expect. I know what's coming up. So, and then I do the same thing when we do kid a pickup, I, I do the same thing for them. That helps me. We do pickup. I'm like, Hey, here's what to expect. We're going to go home. You know, we're going to get in the stroller, we'll go for a run that X, Y, or Z. The way you're going to earn a sweet treat is by, eating all of your dinner, you know? (laughs) So I try and implement the same strategies to them. And then it seems helpful, right? We have much Mm -hmm. less behavior and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, one, I've worked on my transitions and preparing for my day and being present in my role. And it's been super, super helpful. It's something that I have to actively work on every single day though. Otherwise I end up into this, like, where am I? I'm too focused on something else. I'm distracted. Um, I don't, I, you know, I can tell I'm not connecting well, like that was me. I didn't prepare in advance. And now I'm feeling like, hold on, you know, so then they start feeling more overwhelmed and all of that. Um, So those are just some of the strategies that I've been um, really trying to be consistent with. Um, So what what kind of strategies have you tried? Um, So for me, I, I think where I am in life right now is like that, um, the biggest thing I struggle with is the overwhelming feeling of mm-hmm. so much to do and not enough time, not just physically not time. So what I kind of do is I, a, I tell myself, all right, stop. And I B, I literally go, what is one thing I can do right now? Like, what is like the one thing, just focus on that one thing, what needs to be done right now. Now, every weekend on Sundays, I plan out my entire week and I have my whole calendar and it's, you know, I have all that. But when I find myself in the moment, um, I'm like, okay, what do I need to do right now? Like this second, what can I accomplish to help myself? And then Mm -hmm. I find that once I just focus on one thing, instead of the hundreds of things, 
I can be clearer. And then I get that one thing done. And it's like, okay, what next one thing? And it's like almost looking at that, um, you know, the quote, oh gosh, like you can't run a marathon, like running, you got to start walking to run a marathon, you know, right. like you yeah, can't yeah. look at mile 26 when you haven't even taken the first step. Um, so that's I think what that's our brains like, do. Yeah. I think that's been yeah. really helpful for me lately. And it's honestly like, um, sometimes I think if you try too much, too many different things, it doesn't work. Right. Um, so that's really what I focus on is like, just when I'm feeling overwhelmed, accomplish one thing. Um, so for sure, that's kind of a big strategy that I've used for me. Um, yeah. Um, I think, I think the other thing that you've kind of mentioned was like, you've got kind of like that longer term strategy and then you've got a more in the moment strategy. So I think mm-hmm. that's super helpful is the, um, cause you know, we do the same thing on Sundays. We do our meal prep. We, you know, we kind of get as much done and ready and organized for the week. I do the same thing. I've got a calendar and I review the calendar for the week and just get that big picture overview of what do we have going on and, um, what can we do now <laughs> to make that easier? Right. So that way, when you're in the moment, there's less chaos. Yes. <laughs> always yes. chaos. There is always, always going to be chaos. It's always, <laughs> oh my goodness. So many times yeah. I feel like, I don't know for you, but in the clinic, inside. Um, so I will say one of the best comments is so many people will be like, I don't know how you handle all these people. Like, I don't know how you keep your head straight. You always know what you're doing. You know what you want. Da, 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 da. And I just stare and smile. Cause inside mm-hmm. my head, I'm like, I'm going crazy. Like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, what do we got to do? What do we gotta do? And I'm like inside, I feel like that, but apparently I can do a pretty <laughs> good job of not showing that, but that doesn't mean yeah. that's not the chaos going inside my head. Right. Exactly. Um, And there's just so many moving pieces. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, Um, So, um, so as, as far as like other topics of conversation, what are mm -hmm. some, from your perspective, what are some stigmas that, that you feel like that we fall into, you know, maybe as um, healthcare providers or, you know, just even in our personal lives, like what kind of, what have you noticed? Um, so, oh gosh, so there's so many like different things that you can fall into. So some that like we as healthcare providers fall into is, um, so my patient population is a lot of workers compensation, um, and they have seen doctors, they've seen other people, they've been, they're being kind of thrown through the ringer. So I get for them, like I get a lot of stigma of like healthcare doesn't care about me. Um, and so I have to become that person that shows them, no, we really do. Like, I really want you to get better. Um, you know, things like that. Um, I think we already talked about personal life is just having it all together and, um, that picture, perfect Facebook, Instagram, everything's perfect. And it couldn't be more, more far from the truth than it is. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then, um, how about you? What about, yeah. what do you see kind of both in just healthcare in general, um, and anything else in your personal life? Um, yeah, I think as like a healthcare provider, I think sometimes we fall, it depends on, you know, like in general in healthcare, I think that's right. Of people get a little bit guarded and think that you're not, you know, you're just there to like earn a paycheck and what, who do you, how do you really care about me as an individual 
and, you know, trying to constantly break that stigma is something I do, I try and do at least on the first visit, you know, right away and, yeah. and try and make sure they understand that that's, you know, if I wanted to make like a crap ton of money, I just would have gone into finance or something and it would have been, you <laughs> right. know, I could have got my schooling done faster and made more money. So, I mean, the real, the real answer is this is not where I'm, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like just know that. Right. Um, right. so I just try to be honest with them, you know, and say that. Right. Um, but then I think the other stigma is that especially sometimes I think what happens more just from, you know, just being a female is that people want you to walk around with a smile on your face all the time of like, hi, I'm so happy to see you all the time, you know? And that if you're walking around with a serious face because you're thinking or focused or whatever it might be that, and not that you're frowning or rah, 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 but you're like focused that it's like, well, what's wrong with you? What do you, I'm sorry. Uh, what's wrong with me? I didn't like, do I look ill? You know, I don't, what's, what do you mean? What's wrong? Well, you're not smiling. Oh, but like, am I supposed to have a permanent smile? I, I guess. Do you know, do you know what wrinkles would happen with that, by the way? No, I'm just kidding. Um, now we got to the college in my coffee because I'm supposed to smile all the time. Right. Um, yes. <laughs> but yes. you no, know, like smiling is an emotion. Smiling is in the moment. I'm happy and I'm smiling, right? I'm whatever it might mm-hmm. be. But like, if I'm just at rest thinking, I'm not thinking and smiling, you know, that's right. So there's like this, um, the sense of like, if I'm focused, that, that that's like wrong of me. And it's taken me a little bit to realize that like, it's not wrong. I can be focused. I don't have to be smiling to like really appease you. Right. Like somehow you're uncomfortable, right. you know? So I think well, that's something that someone's not, not like, smiling doesn't mean something's wrong. Right. It's not like you're frowning or like, you know, something's wrong. No. It's like, you're right. just focused. And so I think there's just like a, a sense of making sure that especially like as a, as a female, that's a professional is owning that and saying that, you know, there are times where I'm really, I've got a lot of, a lot of things that I'm trying to uh, keep organized and focused and staffed or trained or a treatment plan that we're putting together or whatever it might be. And there's a lot of moving pieces that we're trying to get together into a coordinated manner in a short period of time, because we don't have a lot of time to get this done because there's always another patient coming. And, you know, so there's times where we just have to be in that really serious mental space. Um, and that's not wrong. <laughs> so, um, and I, I used to be like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. And I'd be like, you know, I would almost like apologize for it. But now it's like, like, don't hold that. Like, just like, let it, let it go. Don't hold it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, still be respectful and, and honest, but, but yeah, it's, there's times where our energy is going to reflect off onto somebody else and not a good way. And I really try and be as aware of that as possible, because if I'm really stressed of like, Hey, how are you? What's going on? Like, how's your pain going? They're going to be like, Oh, uh, I, I want to say better because <laughs> right. you right. seem crazy, you know, you bombarded me. Right. Um, so I don't want that energy to come off. Um, and so, you know, that's where you kind of have to check that, but at the same time, I, you know, I don't want to apologize for, um, something that, you know, I don't necessarily need to apologize for. So it's just kind of trying to like find these stigmas and at what point in time is this a, a good judgment or a, a, a helpful judgment or a non-helpful judgment and constantly trying to like 
triage that in situation as something that is, you know, you know, something that I've had to work on over the years. Yeah. Yeah. So with, um, so my question for you then is, um, we are not mental health counselors. We are not mental health specialists, but mental health is a huge part of every patient we see. Um, and it is, I think it's really important because, um, a lot of times, you know, what you believe in is what will help you get better. So if you are feeling really down and not feeling like you're ever going to get better, it's going to make that whole process a little bit harder. Um, so what do you do with your patients to help that aspect of it outside of like, I know, obviously we have the referral to a a counselor or someone like that, but like in clinic, like how do you help your patients? I, uh, so I'm, I always call it naming the elephant in the room. So we all know it, but nobody wants to say it. So I say it <laughs> out loud so that we can touch it because if we can say it out loud, now it's tangible. And, and, you know, and there's, there's all sorts of different reasons of why people are fearful of intervention or um, where in their current state of function is how we refer to it in physical therapy. Um, so maybe they're having a hard time getting back into work-related activities or home-related activities or whatever it might be, which creates a lot of um, change in their role in life. And that then creates this whole cascade of events that happen mentally. And so when we're treating pain, all of this other stuff is going on at the same time. And so I like to just say, okay, let's say it out loud. So if you're feeling, um, like something is harmful, like we do an exercise and you can tell that they're like, that hurt me or something like it's harming. Like, all right, that's great. Let's say something like that out loud. Now let's, let's dissect that. So I want us understand what a bridge is, for example, and, mm-hmm. and how would that actually create harm and, and what mechanism of harm would, would happen from that. And so we just kind of take whatever it is take the emotion around it and then dissect it down so that the person can then start to kind of have that belief system of this is actually not harmful. This is helpful. Mm -hmm. But in the past, what's happened is that movement has equaled harm, right? So it might've been a slip and fall, some sort of injury, a car accident, who knows, right? But somehow movement created harm. Now I'm asking you to move and your brain is going, this is in the harm category. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense, but wait a minute. Yes, it does because it's movement. So the greater whole of movement has equaled harm in the brain. So see what I mean? So then I try and like separate that out and, and use, bring that logical mind back in because the emotional mind has taken over. And so we've got to have the logical mind plus the emotional mind in order to have a balanced treatment plan moving forward. So when we can't get that logical mind to come in and balance the emotional mind, and the emotional mind is just like too loud. And it doesn't matter what I'm trying to do from a logical standpoint of getting the mm-hmm. understanding. That's when I'm like, okay, at this point in time, it's not that I'm discharging and saying, PT is not going to work for you. You're crazy. No, that's not the case. But the case is this is when we bring in another provider. So mm-hmm. this is when we refer to mental health counseling because we've got to really get a good grasp of this emotional mind. There could be PTSD associated with an accident or the trauma that they went through that is not being treated. And so 
we've got to get that traded in order for us to then get this movement piece or whatever it might be back. So I just say it out loud. And then we work together. They, the patient helps give the ideas for what's going to work. I can't tell you what's going to work, right? I can give you suggestions, but then I want you to give suggestions too, because that's getting the logical mind to come back into it. So those are the strategies that, that I typically use. Nice. And I, I think, I think that all of that is awesome. And I think it's super important. I love how you call it, uh, naming the elephant, <laughs> you know, that, yeah, it's that just uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And I think I was, we talked last time about like just that release and saying stuff sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. oh, no, was, yeah, earlier we just, you know, just yeah. sometimes admitting or saying it helps yeah. you understand it a little bit or helps it yeah. kind of leave your body a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think oftentimes people feel crazy. They're like, you think I'm crazy. I'm like, I'm sorry if you, if you feel like I have made that kind of inference, but I don't think you're crazy. If I thought you were crazy, I would have discharged you. (laughs) I wouldn't be wasting your time. Um, This is normal with pain that we have an emotional response pain isn't just a standalone. There's an emotional response to it. There has to be, right? It's not that simple. Um, So so then we start to kind of delve into it. And I call it like putting your finger on it. You can poke it, you can touch it, you can pick it up, you can throw it. Um, So then once we can get the concept and really kind of grasp it, now we can work together on making the strategies for whatever that individual is going to work. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we do have to refer on and say, okay, you know, um, you know, maybe we do need to take a break. Maybe we, you know, and then come back to this in a little bit. Maybe I, I treat concurrently with mental health. It just depends on, on where we are. Um, but almost every single patient, there's an aspect of naming the elephant in the room because nobody's going to say out of the gate without being poked a little bit, truly how they're feeling about the situation, because Typically, we're not in an environment where that's a safe place to talk. Typically, it's stay in your lane. Don't talk to me about X, Y, or Z. I only want to hear about this. I only have five minutes left. I've got this little, you know, prescription pad that I'm going to send something to you. You know, Um, we don't have a space where somebody's asking like, you know, how are you feeling with this? Like, how is this going? Is this like helpful to you or is this not helpful? They're like, what do you mean? Just give it to me. I'll do it. Like, no, no, no. Like is this helpful? Like when you implement this, do you find it helpful at home? And if not, why? Because the why is what we need to figure out to give you something better to do. Or maybe we need to really understand why it could be helpful. Maybe we don't have the buy-in. So mm-hmm. yeah. I so it's just, I, yeah. And say, I find you the buy-in, like I find the more I explain and show pictures and help mm-hmm. them understand what that pain is. Um, yep. It doesn't take the pain away. The pain's still there, but it's like, okay. I think sometimes when, and we're talking about pain specifically here, but sometimes when you have this pain, you have zero idea what it could be. Your brain starts like exploding with all these bad things. And then as right. you start to understand a little bit, it like comes down to, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is manageable. Okay. This is something I can do about it. You know, I can, I can right. help myself in these areas. Yeah. And then we use your strategy of, I need one win, right? Mm-hmm. I need one win and then once you get the one win then you can get another one and then another one and then another one 
but it's like, I can't get out of bed because it's hurting so much. How do I get back to lifting 50 pounds or whatever it is that feels so far away that it's like overwhelming. And when, when we can really implement some of these same strategies with patients of saying like, Oh, well, um, what if we had just one and then celebrate the win, celebrate that we had the win. Because that's where we really start seeing the success and we get that snowball rolling. So we do it for our own selves, right? As providers, as individuals. But then if we can also use that to implement into patient care, then we can help our patients actually start to see better results with their recovery within physical therapy. But then also start to like teach this awareness of mindset and how it actually can help in other areas. You just apply the same exact strategies to other areas. And it's like, it's pretty cool, actually. Cool. Yeah. Yep, it yep. Fun. It's fun to see. It's fun to see patients have those successes. Oh, for sure. That's why we do what we That's do. Right. Part, right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly why we do what we do. Kind of see that, um, you know, like anybody sitting in, in one of our offices isn't there because everything is perfect. Okay. That's not why they're there. Uh, they're there <laughs> because something isn't going well. And that's what I explain when I do, you know, training for any of the employees in in our company is the reason why everybody is in that waiting room is because something in life isn't going well. So as long as we can treat everybody with respect, then we're all going to have this appreciation for what our roles are here. Right. And so we're all here to be supportive, not only of each other, to have a positive work environment, but then be supportive of the person that's sitting out there. You don't have to know what's going on, but you can know that something's not going well. <laughs> so just right. like greet somebody with kindness and respect. And hey, honestly, it is so nice time, to see you. They don't even <laughs> want to be there, especially in the beginning. You know what I mean? Right. Like something's wrong. We're taking Sorry. time out of their day. They have so yep. much just like us. They have their to-do list to do. Yep. And they're just like, oh, you know, until yeah. and then a lot of times I have a lot of awesome patients that eventually love it and love coming because they get right. the benefit of it. But man, those first few times, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing here? Exactly. This really yeah. Help me? <laughs> yeah. Is this going to help me? This is costing time. This is costing money. This is cost, 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 right. um, where you got to kind of say, okay, well, this is what the benefit's going to be though. Potential benefit, right? Can't make any promises. Um, right. You know, I, I don't have a crystal ball to say what's going to happen next, but Imagine likely- hands right? Likely potential is, you know, is there. So, um, so yeah. yeah. Um, perfect. Well, I think hopefully this was helpful to kind of delve a little bit further into mental health awareness, how Dr. Bobby and I, um, ourselves struggle, but then strategies that we use to help with that. Um, but then how we try and incorporate it into our practice as well with, with our inner, you know, personal relationships with patients and, um, see if it's something that could be hopefully helpful for others listening to kind of help to find ways that they can um, implement maybe some of these strategies into personal lives and then interpersonal relationships as well. So um, stay tuned because next week we are going to be interviewing another mental health counselor who has some really great strategies for kind of reframing our thinking. And I love some of these strategies. They're really, really good. And um, <laughs> I'm excited because I, I have heard like a glimpse of it one time and I'm really uh-huh. excited because I, I truly haven't heard this view at all. Like I haven't been taught yeah. it. So I'm excited. 
Yes. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped about the next episode as well. And then we'll go into, obviously we've got, we'll have one more episode in May and then we'll move on to the next month. Um, so our challenge this week is going to be to implement one of these strategies throughout the week. So it might be planning in advance. It might be, um, in the moment, triaging the situation to get a small win when things are feeling overwhelmed and stressful. It might mean in a respectful way, naming the elephant in the room when it needs to be named in order to move forward. Um, any of the strategies that we've uh, been talking about, just try, try and implement it and see if you find it helpful. So, and then we'll continue to move on and grow and learn together. All right. All right. Well, I look forward to next week. I hope you guys have an awesome week. And we will see you soon. All right. Sounds good. Bye.